0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Inside Purple
0: and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. Um, neither of us were at the Vikings access yesterday. Yeah. I'm covering a wild playoff push. Tom is covering
1: a push um, to get NBA into the playoffs. Team. Yeah. 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 The on, Timberwolves push punch to, to get into the playoffs after yep. spending all that money on Rudy Gobert. Can they get in the playoffs? Yes.
0: That's where the Timberwolves yeah. are. <laughs> so neither of us were at TCO performance center in Egan yesterday, but um, have listened back, um, talked to a couple people that were there. Um, and, and it seems like, you know, the main thing to come out of yesterday you know, we could have predicted this. It was Mm -hmm. the NFL draft is about a week and a half away. And yeah, and just kind of following along with what was happening, you know, not surprising that the biggest point of emphasis or the biggest talking point was the quarterback position with the NFL draft a week and a half away. Kirk Cousins, obviously, this year, uh, this offseason, found a way to get his cap numbered now without offering any more years you know, on the actual contract itself. So it seems like the Vikings are ready to let that thing run out or at least give themselves flexibility next offseason. Um, so it seemed like, you know, a natural progression that, that the quarterback position was going to get brought up. Also not too surprising that we didn't, we can't glean much from what was said from, from Kwesi Adolfa Mensa or Kevin O'Connell, um, played their cards close to the vest, but I'm curious, what did you make of, of what they said yesterday? um, you know, I, I guess like it's pretty clear in a perfect world, they would want a succession plan in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, you know, they also said, like, we're not going to force that. Um, if it's yeah. not the right guy,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I think that's prudent. And honestly, they tend to say things I always say this like, when things blow up, I'm like, I think they're actually just saying something that's like super logical, especially as it pertains to Kirk Cousins. I get it's the quarterback polarizing player, but um, I think. And this is like maybe unfortunate to hear i think this is going to be like one of the most exciting drafts you know they've had or like highly highly unexciting and why i say that is i think quacy knows this and most of the analytics guys know this you should never trade up for a player unless it's a quarterback if it's a quarterback you almost have to because again we're starting to see like. Um, these guys, Richardson, obviously was a combine, but hooker and Mm Levis and some of these other guys, they will just ascend up the draft boards. One of our guys was actually writing about this in reverse, that there's a defensive end. I can't recall his name right now, but, uh, that was like a top 10 guy and he dropped off of, um, a handful of the mocks. And this is, you know, like um guys from ESPN like 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 big name guys had dropped him off the first round or at least into the 20s and it's not like anything happened with that player he didn't have a bad combine there wasn't anything with his character there wasn't anything revealed and again we always talk about this that like they haven't played football in a while these co- the, the guys coming out of <laughs> yeah. college so you know Kuiper i think dropped him entirely off his his board and nothing happened to the guy it's just because there's a premium on the quarterbacks and i think you have yep. to trade up for those guys if you want them and even like these well-run organizations like the niners and i you know i know trey lance is from here i like him but like they traded up for a guy and they're using the seventh round pick right you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um so it's just it's just the cost of doing business but unless you're trading up i actually think the vikings are they'd be like yeah i guess we're just not gonna have draft picks for a while <laughs> if they're gonna go get the quarterback which is fine you need the succession plan Or it's going to be these guys are coming off the board too soon. We need to get value. And I do think they need to turn five into multiple picks. I know they're looking at it as a two-year horizon. It's like, what did we get across these two years and how productive are they? Uh, And we've talked about how the first draft actually looks a little bit better now than it did kind of in the moment or in the beginning of the season. Um, Mm -hmm. But given that there's like two big needs in my mind, and this is generalizing, succession plan for Kirk Cousins, which doesn't necessarily have to come with a draft, it probably will, or fill out the defense it's like i think they have to go all in one way or the other either like load up on picks and get defensive players or just make this the year you get the quarterback and then you're gonna have to figure out where you get picks (laughs) in the future but that's that's for the future you do need a quarterback at some point
0: yeah it is interesting when you you think about what draft night could look like because you're right either they made a huge move to move up the board and draft their quarterback of the future and there's so many storylines that come out of that you know lack of draft capital for years to come what is going to happen with kirk cousins how good is the guy that they actually traded up for or they stay put i guess like a guy like hendon hooker could fall and, and mm-hmm. the storylines that come with that are he's 25 gonna be 26 if he red shirts a year he's coming off a torn acl um is that too old for a quarterback is he brandon whedon You know, like that's, those are the the questions that are going to be asked there, but if you don't take a quarterback, I think you're right. They're trading out of the first round, maybe, or down in the first round, maybe out of it completely to gain more draft picks. They're drafting guys that don't jump off the, you know, the page as far as name goes. And, and that is objectively more boring (laughs) than if they just take a quarterback. So... uh, but I, I can't say it's necessarily the wrong decision. I mean, they 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 have a roster that won 13 games last year. I think there's going to be regression, obviously, because you're not just going to win all those one-score games again. Um, but you have certain pieces in place that you can convince yourself you're going to compete in the Central – or the NFC North, I'm sorry – Central division. I'm covering NHL. That's back, yeah, that, um,
1: that's back. To be fair, that's back when Tampa was in the NFC Central. In right. the Vikings division. So we're throwing back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you can convince yourself you, you can compete in the NFC North this year. And in that case, then you should just bolster the roster in the draft. Try and find impact players. Um quasi you know, used that term a couple of times yesterday. Like, you know, balancing the idea of, of finding an impact player at 23 or trading back and potentially giving yourself more swings at finding an impact player elsewhere. Um, if they feel like they are, they can take a guy at 23 that's going to play immediately or contribute at a high level. Um, it sounds like they're just going to do it. Um, but, but he's a math guy and I think he, he looks at percentages and he looks at, you know, the percentage of, of hit rate, you know, and you have to, a lot of that comes in the first three rounds of the draft, Um, But late in the first round, I'm not sure how different that is from early in the second, if you can pick up another pick along the way. So um, if they pick a quarterback, we're going to have things to talk about for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. If they don't, it's just going to be like, okay, can these guys help now? And staring down the barrel, like what are they going to do at quarterback long term? Because Kirk's contract runs out after the next season
1: yeah let me use so to use a concrete example and i had to look up who the player was it's miles murphy defensive end um he was a i'm trying to look eighth overall in kyber's first mock i get they do multiple mocks to adjust to new data and stuff Mm -hmm. like this right but like by his fourth one he was just off the board entirely right going from eighth to like somewhere in the 30s i guess supposedly right and this was kind of common among many people who are doing mocks he's kind of going from that top 10 to to into the 20s and this is kind of it's not this guy specific specifically miles murphy um it Mm -hmm. it could be all defensive players but i think what you know if if anything this is going to be a funny strain on on crazy i think we think of like wall street guys as like kind of what you see in the movies right on the trade floor where like you know the the stocks go up and down and waving their arms and yelling Mm -hmm. and stuff and i I think actually because of automation that is less common now but um you know like we think of him on the new york stock exchange right and like uh and i think there's part of that i obviously quasi's willing to take risks he traded for hawkinson that's within the division we've joked about how much they just he just tends fate like hey we'll trade Mm -hmm. you know we'll trade with the lions twice we'll trade with the packers and and you know watson looks good and he's also semi-local right or whatever um you know i think like Uh, He's certainly willing to take risks. We know that he also really cares about value. And I think, you know, one of the things you can look at is like, he's actually kind of operating both ways. Like he may have only found the lions and the Packers to trade down with, or at least in the value that he wants. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. so he's both taking a risk and also kind of being risk averse being like, Hey, these teams that trade down routinely, the Patriots do this, right? Like they, they do find talent. It's just, they're taking kind yep. of multiple shots at the board. Um, I think, you know, one of the things he said is I'm fine taking one good player instead of risking it and trying to take two, but that's not really what's going on. I mean, assuming again, that their board is differently, different than how like the draft picks are going and given like, like Seattle drafts in this draft, it probably will. They always seem to take some <laughs> random guy who no one knows why they took it that high or whatever, like. They, you know, again, if you're t- targeting Miles Murphy, just using one specific player, it probably makes a lot of sense unless you can get that quarterback, right? Unless like Arizona's giving you really good value, you can move up to three. And I assume it's like Richardson is the guy you're getting there. Like, unless there's certain Richardson's that good or like the upside to hooker is that like, granted, I think he played in a really weird college system and stuff and he's going to be 26, but it's like, if, Ho- if you're convinced hooker is the guy and you, you know, you sort of see value in terms of a trade-up, like, Kwesi then is probably thinking both in terms of, I'm taking a massive risk, guy's been injured, weird system, 26, but also I have a guy through his prime on a rookie deal. I mean, that is, like, if Hooker works out, and this is why I don't think it will, because it seems too Pollyanna, but if it works out, you have, like, a guy in his prime through his rookie year rather than, or rookie deal, rather than, you know, like, in his 20s when he's, you know, supposedly, again, not not in this athletic prime. But, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's why, like, he – it's not as though Kwasi chooses one or the other, but I think when we look at the draft, it's going to look one way or the other, not intentionally. I don't think he's going in saying, this is the draft I'm getting the quarterback or this is the draft I'm moving down. I think he's just watching it as they're picked, right? What does Arizona need here? What do I got to trade out if I need Levis, right? And if all that doesn't happen, I just think he's just moving down the board. I don't think it's Rick Spielman level, right? I don't think this is going to be like, the, he has all the seventh round picks and you're like, why? But you know, mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it could be more like, you may just see a string of defensive players and they're drafted in the second, third, fourth round. And it's with, um, multiple tradebacks. I just don't know how you fill out the defense, to be honest with you, if it's only five picks, even with the selections they made last year.
0: Yeah, you have five picks. And if you do decide to move up, you're going to have less picks in this year's draft and you're going to deplete next year's draft and potentially years drafts after that as well. It is definitely imperative that they they figure out a way to kind of fill out the defense, both just from a depth perspective and a young talent perspective. Um, they've made certain signings this offseason, whether it's Marcus Davenport, Dean Lowry, Byron Murphy. Like these guys are going to play immediately, but you want talent in the pipeline. And, and right now, the talent that we know is currently in the pipeline from last year's draft there's a lot of unknown surrounding those players in, in particular. Um, Brian Osimo, I think it, he's a slam dunk starter next year. I think we know what, that he's going to play. Um, there's not really any sort of worry that comes along with him. We'll see how good he is. I think he flies around. I think he's, you know, in that sense, he's going, he's going to be good for Brian Flores' his defensive scheme. But if you look at guys like Louis Cien, um Andrew Booth, Jr. Or Caleb Evans, like guys like that talented in theory, but seen coming off just a devastating leg injury. Um, Booth hasn't been healthy since high school, which he said during the draft process, yeah. or, you know, shortly after the draft process. A Caleb Evans, three concussions last year. Yeah, um, A fourth one maybe ends his career. So you have people in the building that, that you think probably can, you know, play or, you know, be a valuable piece moving forward. Um, but why me and you, Tom, are talking about what they need to do in the draft as far as filling out the defense is because you don't always know or you don't know necessarily if those guys are going to be around um, long-term. Just, there's a lot of question marks surrounding, you know, and I picked those three in particular. You, you could stretch across the defense. Um, it's aging. It's getting older, too, so you just need to kind of have an influx of young talent, um, and the best way to do that, as we know, is the draft, um, but as both Quasey and Kevin O'Connell said yesterday, you know, the best and most important position in football is the quarterback position. So if you have a solid defense or you have, uh, you know, a cornerbacks room, right with, with young talent and a linebackers room that has two up and coming stars. Um, but you don't have a quarterback after this year when Kirk cousins potentially leaves, or you potentially decide not to sign him again, then, then you don't have much. So if the, I guess the drawback or if what you have to sacrifice is, is your talent on defense, your young talent on defense to get a guy that you truly believe in at the quarterback position, I think you have to do it. I think they will do it. Um, but I think you're right when you say like they're going to play the board. I don't think it's necessarily like, well, we're trading five first round picks to move up to three to Arizona and we're getting Anthony Richardson. I think it's something where maybe if, if certain guys fall or you know on draft night if if, if they they have a feeling um, then they do it Um, but I don't think it's something they've decided today like okay we're gonna go do this on draft night we're moving up and getting our guy
1: one one lens I look at look through it and like this is not the the only way to look at it but like they hired Flores right and I think of like Mm -hmm. O'Connell and Flores have this long-standing relationship and again I'm guessing based on like the history between them and also just like Brief interactions during the press conference, but like it seems like they're close, right? And it's like there's some trust there, right? I think a little bit of it is like that sell is well, you can't be the head coach, right? If you're a condo, you're like, that's me. But this is better than the Arizona job. This is going to be better than your situation in Miami. Like I'm sure he's going through all the merits of the Vikings organization. And in some ways, he's putting on himself. You can trust me. I'm going to take you seriously. I'm an offensive guy. I need someone to take care of the defense. And if you go to Flores and say, well, we didn't get you a ton of young players because we traded out. We thought Richardson's going to be really good. Arizona gave us a good deal, or we really believe in hooker and Levis and like, it's just other teams aren't seeing what we saw in the process. And by the way, Flores is probably involved in this. He was a head coach. It's not like he doesn't understand offense, but like um, I think he goes, yeah, I get it. I get the trade-off you made. Like you want a succession plan for Kirk. You're looking at his age, his cost, uh, what you did with his contract to be uh cap compliant. Um, uh, He's going to get that, right? Um, having said that, I think O'Connell, if he, if they can't get their guy, right? I think O'Connell and Kweisi probably go, like, yeah, let's take care of Flores, right? Maybe he's one and done. Maybe he's out. Maybe there's just no way he goes. But if you're going to – I think we talked about this when we hired him. If you're going to retain him, A, I feel like he's going to have to have a different title at some point, like essentially functionally like an assistant head coach. He's just of the defense, right? Um, but, like – you kind of taking care of him in that here's all these young guys, right? We know all of them aren't going to work out. We also know these unfortunate circumstances. It's an unfortunate circumstance when seen who I think is a really exciting player, like hard hitting, like kind of once he figures out the mental aspect and the the speed of football, like I think he could become kind of a fan favorite. A la like Harrison Smith or whatever. Right. But that's assuming he stays healthy. Assuming it's, you know, develops correctly. Um, he gets hurt in London, right? In a foreign country. Caleb Evans, one of like the most liked players, right? You know, you talk about how he like interacts with people on Twitter, just kind of his general demeanor. Um, a guy who it seems like was overachieving, right? Gets three concussions, right? And I think like what quasi is offering here if they go the defense route, if they go with this multiple picks route is like, you're gonna have enough man right you know enough of these guys would be good it might be the seventh rounder and we're surprised the second rounder doesn't right or you might really like what you got from the third round i think of like a dino hunter you couldn't have done a better job in the draft when they drafted him you're like wait isn't this guy like he had like three sacks at llc or something like that right but you looked at how fit he was the relative athletic score um kind of what he was capable of right and they envisioned it and and he's been great until he had like a a broken disc, right? Or whatever in his back. And you're like, well, of course that affects his play and also, um, you know, will endanger his career. So like, I think, I think what he's, I think what Casey's probably offering any of these coaches is I'm just giving you the odds. Right. And so it's either like, I got to kind of go all in and be like, really believe in this quarterback right he's talked about 60 40 or whatever i feel like he's got to be kind of 70 30 that that quarterback's gonna work out otherwise he's giving you a whole bunch of 50 50 propositions basically on the defense i really think that's going to be the approach to the draft and i understand like people are going to go what about receiver what about like fixing the offensive line i'm not suggesting that they wouldn't only take um defense but i think it's foolish if they like spend on that like use that first rounder let's say on a a receiver that they're like 50 50 on instead of kind of grabbing two 50 50 defensive players and i just know how this works right it's like these flashy offensive players move up because owners are like who's my quarterback man i watched that guy at florida state and he was blowing up or whatever the receiver or whatever and i think wisely and this is the advantage i think the vikings have is it doesn't seem like they have meddling owners and i think most guys left their own devices will go i'm either going all in for the quarterback or given the defensive situations the vikings had last year they're going yeah you probably aren't going to know who a lot of these players are but like they're going to be foundational parts of the defense so uh, that's where i kind of came to this conclusion that it's kind of going to be one or the other it's either going to be the draft everyone remembers because they went and got the franchise quarterback or it's going to be one where they're like oh yeah that's right they kind of started building the foundation of the defense in those first two drafts
0: draft twitter is hilarious um, oh it's amazing because you have a lot of, I mean, you have legitimate experts out there who who grind tape and actually, you know, can know who they're talking about when we get into, like, the deep third, fourth round. Uh, and then you have guys who just are just on Twitter firing off takes, this guy stinks, this guy's not good, um, you know. And I think that's what you will see reactionary, like, to your point. If the Vikings trade down in a couple of weeks in the first round, if they don't take the quarterback, if they select two defensive players that maybe don't have huge, you know, name recognition, you're going to see draft Twitter be like, well, this was a terrible draft. Like, oh, what what are we even doing here? Like, we don't know any of these people. Like how, how are these guys going to make an impact? And, and, and I think you're right. You need to let these picks marinate for a little bit. If that's the route they try and go. Um, I think last year's draft is a good example. Like injury, it's not withstanding it's too soon to, to call bust on Lewis scene, Andrew Booth jr. And, and, and people like that. Um, and I think there's going to be just a reaction because of how much quarterback has been talked about in, in the build up to this one, that if they don't take a quarterback, well, anyone they take, uh, unless it's a receiver. Cause like you said, people love receivers. They love mm-hmm. that offensive talent. I think that the first gut reaction is going to be like, well, that was underwhelming. This guy's not very good. Um, when I think the reaction, you know, instead should be okay. Um, they didn't get their quarterback because they, you know, they didn't lock on on the guy they wanted or the guy they wanted wasn't there. So they took the pragmatic approach, moved back or, or stayed put and and took a defensive guy that they really think can, can make an impact. Um, if, if they choose to go the route of defense, obviously, you know, receiver, probably not a position of need quote unquote, but it's something that I think you know, I would personally look into, you know, if I was in the front office, um, someone that can grow with Justin Jefferson, Uh, no disrespect to KJ Osborne, but he's probably better suited as a, as a number three. Mm -hmm. I think we saw that last year. Um, I think he offers something and he brings something to to the locker room and to the field. Uh, I'm just not sure you want him to be your number two receiver moving forward. Um, I I think he's capable. I, I, I do. Um, uh, But I think that, you know, if you can go grab a high end talent, um, you, you you might be inclined to do so. A um, couple of housekeeping things, Tom. Before I want to pick your brain on on something. Like yesterday, Quaycee was also asked about Zadarius Smith and Dalvin Cook. Um, Zadarius Smith announced his departure on Twitter like a couple of months ago, even though he's still under contract. And then the Vikings haven't haven't budged on that, so he's still there. He's still on the roster. Yes. Um, Dalvin Cook, I think it's pretty clear. Uh, if you just read between the lines that they're trying to get something done here because they, they they signed Alexander Madison to a, you know, a multiple year deal. I don't think Madison signs that contract if he thinks, you know, he's going to just have to be relegated to a backup role again. I, I think there's conversations going um, with both of those guys. And that, that's the word that, that Quasey used yesterday. There's ongoing conversations with Darius Smith in his camp. There's ongoing conversations with Dalvin Cook in his camp. Um, don't expect either guy to be at, you know, the voluntary workouts on Monday, obviously Dalvin cooks coming off shoulder surgery. So even if he, he was completely happy, he might not be there anyway. Um, but it does seem like at some point, um, this thing is going to come to a head. I'm not sure. I expect either guy back on the roster next year. I think there, there's there's some Mm -hmm. level of awkwardness after, you know, it's clear one guy doesn't want to be here. The other guy. Um, You kind of just find his replacement, um, and he's sitting there in the room, and and he wants a bigger role. Um, I I feel like the Vikings will find a way to, you know, trade partner at some point. Maybe it's just, uh, you know, one of those surprise cuts in training camp. Um, But wanted to touch on that um, quickly before we kind of jump back into quarterback and and, and draft. And Tom, if you obviously if they don't go quarterback, you you think they'll go defense? Um, If you were in Quayce's shoes. Would you go quarterback? Would you trade up in this draft um, to go get someone with the idea being we believe in this guy or we believe in them enough and that guy gets to sit a year under Kirk Cousins um, and then there's a clear succession plan in place rather than push it off a year then maybe you're doing a bridge quarterback and a rookie quarterback or starting a rookie quarterback, um, straight out of, you know, next year's draft. Um, what would you do? Would you trade up for a quarterback or not?
1: I wouldn't cause I'm assuming you're not getting the first two guys. I think that's a safe assumption. I think the issue with Richardson I have is that like big program, but it's, I, I'm always hesitant with the combine. You know what I mean? It's like, it's often like, you know, your, your tape mm-hmm. is kind of your grades and then like the combine is the SATs or whatever the standardized tests, like, he, I might be end up being really wrong with Richardson and I obviously am a little more sold after the combine, but I just, I think you have to lean on the tape and my guess is by the way, those guys will right. They talked about watching tape together that they were scrambling less or whatever in this offseason. season. Um, I think like with Levis, it's just weird to see a guy. I think he went from Penn state to Kentucky and like you look at the arm strength, but they didn't lean into it. Was that the talent at Kentucky perhaps, but like, you know, like I kind of worry about that. And then the, the is just weird offense and he's, you know, quite a bit older. Um, because I'm not enamored with any of those three guys, and because I just see such a de- need on defense, right? If defense was more just like, man, they just have to address mm-hmm. corners or something, I'd be more inclined to go, hey, take the risk on Lovis or something. But like, given that, and given you have Flores and you have this year to kind of get it right, right? Especially because there's gonna be so I know there's always scrutiny on the quarterback, and of course, if they don't come away with any of them, like people go, what's the plan with Kirk or whatever, but like, um, given you have this year with flores and that's all you know you got i would i'd be like look we got to start building the foundation even if he ends up leaving for a head coach job like make that attractive Mm -hmm. position for the next guy who comes in so um and also fix it because (laughs) it was messed up last year and it hurt him so i think i think yeah i mean i'm inclined to to go that route just because of you know there's just no one where i'm like i just think everyone's wrong about Levis right or whatever and i know that the defense needs to be fixed
0: Yeah, it, it is hard, like, because the defense has so many glaring deficiencies right now or so many, you know, areas that you could just kind of point and shoot, pick a defensive guy in the first round, and assuming they don't stink, like, they're going to have a role on this defense next year because the defense as a whole, you know, is in a transition period and was one of the worst in the league last year. So I, I think I would lean with you on, on that. I I just. I love Anthony Richardson because I think he's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, he is, is cool. For
0: sure. But I think it would, I think it would be a fun guy to like, from my, from a coverage standpoint, like it would either blow up or, you know, or he'd be amazing. Yeah. And I think that would be fun, but I don't know if that's the best decision. And I think there's a lot of, you see this a lot with the draft. You're right. Um, The draft process guys skyrocket up boards because, yeah, you know, he did, he did a, a back handspring, you know, after throwing the ball 85 yards to close his pro day. Like, yeah. That's the athleticism. Guys are like, wow, we, you know, if we could just bottle that up and he'd be a really good quarterback. But the, the, the tape shows that there are areas that he's just – he struggled at in college, and, and the defense gets that much harder in the NFL. Um, yeah, you're not getting either of the first two, and, and those are like the, the slam dunk quarterbacks of this draft. Everyone else has question marks. I just don't know if you can – assuming you have to trade up to get one of these guys i don't think you you, you can afford to trade a bunch of picks for for a question mark at, at that position and and i think if you read between the lines of of Quasey and kevin yesterday i think that's what they were alluding to like you know kevin o'connell basically said like we're not going to sacrifice a succession plan if it's the wrong guy um, mm-hmm. that doesn't, yep. Yep. he didn't flat out say, we don't believe in Anthony Richardson will Levis, or Hendon hooker, but he left the door open for, look, this might not be the right fit for us this year. Mm-hmm. Kirk is going to be the starting quarterback, no matter who we drafted in this round. So we'll just move forward with that. We'll try and surround the rest of the team with talent. We'll take our chances this year and we'll cross that bridge when, when, when next off season rolls around. I think that's where I would lean. Um, I think where me and you kind of differ. Um, I think if a, if a receiver is there, I'm, I'm taking them. Um, I totally understand um, the defensive the a- aspect of it. And, and that was your biggest weakness last year um, receiver. Like that's not a weakness at all. You have the best in the league. You have guys who are serviceable, like even a guy like, I'm I'm being kind of serious here. Like even a guy like Jalen Naylor, like I think you can get something out of him. I, I do year, too actually. Um uh, because he's really fast. Um, first and foremost, he can take the top off of defense. And and he was a productive player in college. So I, I think like that's a guy like you know, maybe he's flying under the radar right now, but I understand if, if you want to go defense because you see like talent in the room of of receiving already, um I would just be really, really itchy and, and tempted to to take one of these guys. If, 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 one of the bigger names are there.
1: Yeah. I, a guy like Naylor, it's really funny. Like those guys are around the draft and kind of after they're selected are become really popular because like you go look at the athleticism and also that's what the coaches look at, right. You had to kind of allude to this, like guys get enamored with the quarterback and handspring or whatever. It's cause they're like, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, I, uh, um, uh, the coaches are confident too, right? I can deal with this. I can make something happen with this, um, this athleticism. It's the stuff you can't coach or whatever, right? I can, you can have the smartest player in the world, like, you know, whatever. So, um, but it's funny that like Naylor we should be still kind of hyping him up. I mean, I understand, like, yeah. he only like, played so many. Also, that's the guy they went to in Rager. Rager, yeah. Like, this has gone back. I think it was in Indianapolis. Like, he ran a bad route and, like, it threw it, like, cousins through a pick and then he didn't know whether the defense was uh, man or zone and led to another pick. So, like, that's who they went to. And I, I'm not saying Naylor's ready. I'm not saying Naylor's blown up. He's certainly not receiver two entering camp, but, like, uh, there's something raw there i think they saw with osborne too as much as they drafted him as a returner returner tends to be like kind of athleticism based right it's why kind of Reger, despite his warts like is still a really good returner but um but yeah i mean that so so yeah i just that's also something to remember here is like they're going to be taking a lot of guys like that right daniel hunter was it was not based off of production it was what they saw mm-hmm. in his relative athletic, uh, athletic store or whatever the uh if if you're filling out this defense you're doing more than five picks it's gonna be a lot of guys where like I think we're going to start to see quasi's trends right we already kind of know them but it's like we're going to start to see oh here look like whether it's the three-cone drill or whether it's like something you see in the rs yeah. or whatever we're going to st- or it's just like guys from big programs who like transferred in or say so, you know what i mean like we're going to start to see these weird trends and i think um yeah, I mean, again, like that's that's the only unfortunate side to them like going in for a quarterback is we're probably we will know less about quasi the organization because every organization would go all in for the quarterback they believe in. But assuming they do this other route where they're trading down and getting value, like after two years we're gonna we're gonna start to see the trends and kind of
0: what um what he values and whether that works on the field for sure. Uh, that's really all I have, Tom. Anything else you want to talk about? because I mean, <laughs> we look at, all of this conversation that 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 kind of transpires in the lead up to the draft is really just we're trying to get there and yeah, I mean, yeah these are kind of the dog days of the off season now um but really it really starts to pick up after that there's mandatory workouts next week that's something to make note of um or not i'm sorry not mandatory voluntary workouts next week mandatory mini camp is in june um but voluntary workouts i think we'll see like a pretty good you know a number of attendance there um that's interesting kind of uh, but all of this is really just we're, we're setting up for the draft we're gearing up for the first round um and then you know from from there the you know the off season kind of disperses and, and rookies come in and you know, veterans are back and then all of a sudden it's training camp so You know, that's, I mean, that's really all we have today. Um, We'll be back more next week. Like I said, voluntary workouts. So there will be some access here with, with players. Um, We'll get to kind of pick their brain about their off season as a whole. Um, Yeah. And thank you for joining us on this one. Um, It's Friday morning. We'll see a pretty nice weekend in Minnesota. If you're listening, Um, go ahead and do something outside. We finally made it to spring. Uh, But for Tom Schreier, Dave Mizutani, we will talk to you next week.